Hi, my name my name's John. Um, I'm one of the um, assistant pastors here, and um, it's, said, it's been said before, but just wanted to start by saying, you know, welcome this morning, especially if you are if you've come along here, especially if it's um, for the first time. And if that's you, um, just want to say to you, fair play for coming along, because I appreciate that these kind of things can, you know, like you might have felt a little bit nervous coming along here today. Um, you know, walking into this big room that's full of all these people and they all seem to know what to do. Um, And maybe you've been in churches before, but this doesn't really feel like a church, does it? It's more like a a DFS without the sofas. And then there's the band and it's not like your traditional organ situation. It's more like a Coldplay tribute act. And they're not... (laughs) They're not playing one or two songs, are they? It's like a whole gig. And then you looked around and there was some folks doing some of this and you're like, what is all that about? And now there's a guy in jeans and a t-shirt and he's talking to you and he is now talking about himself in the third person. <laughs> and the whole thing's getting bizarre, isn't it? So just to, couple, just to sort of cover some of the questions that you might have, this is actually a Christian church. So uh, we believe in Jesus, we read the Bible, same, same Bible that you find in churches all around the country. And um, if you've been invited along by somebody today, then I'm guessing in most cases they will be in some way part of this church. And um, for me, it was, I think it was probably about 15 years ago um, that a couple of my, my mates started inviting me along to things like this. Um, so it was quite a while ago, but I can still remember it well enough to remember that you may have felt a little bit nervous coming along today. And some of you might have even considered not coming along today. Um, so particularly glad that you're here. And if you're feeling that way, I've got a little tip for you that might help. Um, it might help you to just ask yourself the question, what is actually the worst that could happen this morning? Like, If you compare this situation to the most nerve-wracking situation in your entire life, you think, well, actually, it's not that big a deal, is it? Um, so I, I do this. If I feel nervous ever, like today, for example, um, it helps me to compare that situation to the most nerve-wracking situation that I ever encountered in my life, which was the day that I went to go and see my father-in-law to ask him for permission to marry his daughter. If you've ever done this, this is a brutal moment, isn't it? And um, for me, it didn't go especially well. Um, because, you know... As a father-in-law, you, 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 in that moment, you want, to, you want this sort of boy in front of you to present himself as somebody who's like rounded and a grown-up person and somebody who can take care of your precious daughter. And now I'm a father, so I kind of understand that. But, but what your future father-in-law doesn't want to hear, yet tragically what mine did, is that you were so nervous on the way round to his house that you crashed your car into his car. See, it's just one of those moments, isn't it? And now, in hindsight, I'm, gra- I'm actually grateful for that moment because I know that in life, in any situation, no matter how awkward it is, it will never be as bad as that. So if you've got one of those kind of memories, then think of it now and just remind yourself this is no big deal. That is the power of perspective. And what I wanted to do today was encourage you to kind of to just think through a slightly different perspective just for a few moments by considering a question, probably quite a big question, and it's this. What is the meaning of life? 
Because, of course, day in, day out, we don't really think about questions like that, do we? Most of the time, we're focused on things like, you know, what time do I need to get up and go to work? And what am I going to have for breakfast? And then we're thinking about that bill that we need to pay. And then we're thinking about that noise that the car is making that sounds expensive. And then we're sort of like, oh, what am I going to do at work? And what time can I go home? And what am I going to have for tea? And then we think about what we're going to watch on telly before we go to bed. And then we start it all over again. And perhaps every... Now and again, we might zoom out from that day-to-day -day perspective and think about some bigger questions like, you know, where am I going to study or who am I going to marry or should we kind of try and extend the house or is it time to get a new one? Bigger questions. But today, what I wanted to do was encourage you to, to zoom out a step further and look at a, a broader perspective even yet and ask yourself the question, so is there, is there more to life than, than all of that? Is it just a case of like being born, doing a bunch of stuff for a few decades, and then dying? And I realize that's a bit of an intense thing to say, but seriously, what do you think? What, what do you think is the meaning of life? Because of course, that's a question that has baffled even the greatest minds through the ages, and people have had a lot to say about it. I've got some, some quotes around this topic. Um, somebody said this, a life directed chiefly towards the fulfillment of personal desires, sooner or later always leads to bitter disappointment. That was um, Albert Einstein. Or, or somebody else said this, for me, life is continuously being hungry. The meaning of life is not simply to exist, to survive, but to move ahead, to go up, to achieve, to conquer. That was the great philosopher Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, <laughs> or how about this one? I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that it's not the answer. And that one, I think, is pretty relevant to us in our culture because, well, certainly for me, I remember around about the time that I started going along to church, I had been looking for meaning and purpose in my life in all kinds of places, um, in kind of stuff like achievement, through, through study and through my career, um, in pursuing romance, in kind of just enjoying life and and, and socializing and partying, I did a bit of traveling, through buying stuff that I wanted. I'd looked for it in all kinds of places, I guess. I had even looked for meaning and purpose in religion, but if I'm honest, at the time, the main thing that I felt I'd found there was just this bunch of rules that made me feel bad about myself. And maybe you'd resonate with the point that I got to where, after all of that, I was still left with this question, but is there more, there has to be more to life than that. Is there something or someone out there who's giving this universe meaning? And of course, that question, is there a meaning in the universe, is always tied to another big question, so is there a God? Is there a God? And it's, if I was to ask everybody in this room that question, I'm guessing there would be a bunch of folks who would immediately say, yes, of course there's a God. And there would be a bunch of folks who would say, no, of course there isn't. And then there'd probably be a, a whole bunch of people as well who'd be somewhere in the middle. Or if you look at it this way, imagine it's a scale. Um, so in response to that question, is there a God? Where would you put yourself on the scale? Would you be um, over here at this end with yes? Or would you, would you put yourself um, over this end? with no, or, or would you be one of those people who sort of like find themselves somewhere in the middle with a, I don't know, maybe, a hope so kind of answer? 
Because it might be that you, you, you put yourself in the middle, but also you, 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 your position might change from day to day, depending on the circumstances as well, mightn't it? So for example, you know, when you switch on the news and you see how much pain and suffering there is in the world, that's the kind of thing that can make you take a step in this direction, isn't it? Or perhaps when something just deeply unjust or unfair happens to somebody who seems innocent or seems a good person, you think, surely not. Or perhaps it's when you've um, encountered religious people and they haven't made the best impression on you. It's a bit of an elephant in the room if I don't mention it, of course, by the way, but I am aware that a lot of people see Christians as a bit weird. And um, the most frustrating thing about that is that they've got a point. Like, we, <laughs> we kind of are. <laughs> but perhaps for you it goes beyond that. Perhaps you've encountered religious people and actually you feel as though they've been judgmental, they've been hypocritical, or you've heard about how religious people around the world have used belief to control people and justify things that aren't right. And I guess those are the kind of things that might push you further and further this way towards the conclusion, no, I don't think there could be a God. But of course, there are other things that happen in life that might sort of drive us the other way. Um, perhaps, you know, some of the times when, when, when you think, when you're in a bit of a crisis situation, you think, I really hope there's a God. Like, I don't know whether you've ever encountered this, but have you ever driven a little bit fast uh, through a speed camera? I mean, you may have experienced this. Obviously, I have never experienced this, but you, you find yourself thinking, you know, God, if you are there, I don't know if you saw that, but if you could um, just sort out the computers at the police department or something. Or perhaps when you've encountered um, something truly beautiful, like, a, like an amazing night sky or a, a panoramic view, or when you hear a story about um, humanity at its best, you hear a story about courage or sacrifice, and you think, yeah, that, you know, that's inspiring. There's got to be something more to life than, than, than just like the day-to-day. For me, one of the things that really affected me, a really profound experience, which many of you in this room will be familiar with, is that moment, have you ever had as a parent or a grandparent, a sibling or, or, or family or friend member, have you ever had that moment of holding a brand new baby in your arms for the first time? And in that moment, you, you look at that face and um, th that picture there, that's a picture of my little girl, Hope, she's holding um, her brother on the first day that he was born and Abby, my wife, is there. And it's just an amazing moment, isn't it? And of course, if I was to turn to any parent in that moment and, and sort of whisper into your ear, you know, that lovely baby, but of course, all the emotions that you're feeling right now, that's just hormones whizzing around your brain. And actually, that thing in your arms is just a little sack of chemicals. Most parents would probably just smack me on the nose for that, wouldn't they? <laughs> and they'd be right to, because I think we kind of know, surely, there's got to be more to it than that. So for me, with all these different things that might push us this way or that, I can, emphasize, I can empathize with how people might find themselves somewhere in the middle, in the maybe zone. But for me, I'd say I think it takes as much faith to conclude no as it does to conclude yes. Because if the answer is no, if there is no God, then a lot of life's big questions don't really have a satisfactory answer. Like, where, where does it all come from then? And of course, a big question, if, if there's no God, then does that mean that death is the end? 
Now, I know that's a slightly uncomfortable question because it reminds us sort of how, how fragile and how temporary our lives are, but, and perhaps that's the reason why a lot of the time, a lot of us tend to focus on these straightforward questions that we can actually answer. Perhaps that's why a lot of folks sort of say, oh, I don't, all that faith stuff, it's a bit airy-fairy for me. I prefer to take a bit of a scientific view of the world where I can stick with hard facts that I really understand. And actually, a lot of people would also say that I think science these days, it's kind of disproved that notion of God. That's a bit old-fashioned. But a lot of scientists would say that actually, as we peel back the layers of science and discover the secrets of the universe, rather than point away from the notion of God, a lot of stuff, we seem to find more and more things that point towards something bigger, like a designer. And you find this in all fields of science. So... For example, I'd say we've got quite a few hundred um, great examples of this in this room right now. Um, the bodies that we're sat in right now, we take them for granted. We live in them day to day. But your body is amazing. hope you feel encouraged about that. Your body is absolutely amazing. But, you know, when you think it was formed from a single cell inside your mother, and it's grown to the point today where... Your brain can hold more information than the National Archives of Britain. Um, your nose, I read somewhere, can, can recognize 50,000 different scents, and nerve impulses can travel to and from your brain, I think it's something like 170 miles an hour, quick enough to mobilize a couple hundred steps that you need to take each step. And your feet have something like a quarter of a million sweat glands on them and can produce about half a pint of sweat a day. Now. That last fact is totally from the internet and potentially untrue and a little bit gross. But the point that I'm trying to emphasize is that your body is amazing. And everywhere we look, although we're only finding out and scratching the surface of how it works, everywhere we look, it seems to bear the hallmarks of something that has been carefully and brilliantly designed. And it's the same if we look beyond ourselves to, 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 to nature, to the color and behavior, diversity of the animal kingdom, or the beauty of our planet, everywhere we look, we find the same questions. Where did it all come from? And why is it so amazing? Even um, the universe, that we're, that we're a tiny speck inside of it. Um, we live in this universe that apparently is, it's, the whole thing is governed by these um, numerical constants, these special numbers that keep cropping up everywhere in science. And apparently they hold everything together in, in this balanced way, and if they weren't the exact numbers they are, even though it's statistically really unlikely, um, the universe just wouldn't exist in the way it does. I probably haven't explained that very well, but, but Stephen Hawkins, who you've probably heard of, um, he said, the remarkable fact is that the values of these numbers seem to have been very finely adjusted to make possible the development of life. And so the question that I think it, it begs is, so was there, is there, an adjuster tweaking it? For all the scientific advances that we've made over the last couple of hundred centuries, over the last couple of hundred years, sorry, we still find so many fundamental questions of, of why that we, that we simply can't answer, even though we understand a lot. So um, take, for example, I've got an example, here's the apple, gravity demonstrated there. Now, I'm not really 
a scientist, um, so if you are a proper scientist, I'm going to embarrass myself here. But as I understand it, gravity is um, it's a, a force that causes two objects with mass to be attracted towards each other. And Isaac Newton, he observed a while ago that that force seems to be proportional to the mass of the two objects and inversely proportional to the square of the distance between those two objects. And then Albert Einstein came along later and he was like, actually, it's not so much a force, it's more of the effects of mass causing curvature in the space-time continuum, okay? Any questions? No? Great. <laughs> I think if, if it's not totally clear, we've got a little slide just to clear all that up. And because... Because of scientists like that, we now understand everything there is to know about gravity. We can, we can predict with extreme precision where all the planets are going to be and how they're going to interact. We understand everything there is to know. The only thing we don't understand is where it comes from. Why that apple just knows that the Earth is there beneath it and finds itself drawn towards it. There are theories, there are ideas, there are sort of all these experiments on subatomic particles, but nobody really knows. But what we do know, don't we, is that gravity is a reality. When I dropped that apple, um, you know, we all knew what was going to happen. You'll notice that your seats aren't fitted with seatbelts to stop you floating around the Order's Horium. And I would say that every single person in this room, whether you describe yourself as a person of faith or not, you have faith in gravity. We rely on it day in, day out yet none of us really understands where it comes from. And it's the same if you probe far enough into any question around the, the universe. You know, there's all these theories, isn't there? Like A lot of people would say, oh, the, the, the universe came out of a big bang, and there's other theories too. But they all ultimately leave us with this question, so why did that happen? Where did it all come from in the first place? Who lit the touch paper? And... You know, a lot of people seem to settle for this answer, well, it just happened. It just happened. And to me, I don't know about you, but that just doesn't really cut it. You know, if I was walking along the street and I was wearing a lovely um, smashing jumper, okay, so we've got a nice, and I was just casually, <laughs> just casual, you know, and you were like, John, that is a lovely jumper. Where did you get that jumper from? And I would say, well, actually, it's a funny story. I got a sheep. Um, and I got a, a stick of dynamite and um, <laughs> just pulled that thing out of the wreckage there. Now, the first thing you would do, probably, is ring up the RSPCA. But also, I doubt that you would settle for that explanation. It's not that rational. So why is it that so many people look at the universe and the amazingness of humanity and are satisfied with this explanation that, yeah, it just happened? just random. And I think it's funny because, you know, nowadays you can feel a bit sheepish, no pun, uh, about admitting that you have a faith. Um, but as you can see from looking around the room today, believers do, we do exist. In fact, you were probably invited here by somebody who does believe that there is a purpose and a meaning to life that, that's available to everybody, including you. And by the way, I'm not talking about um, religion here. I'm not talking about a theory that's better than the others even. I'm not talking about a system of rules that will turn you into a better person. I'm talking about something far more personal and powerful and real. And um, for me, it, it was, as I say, about sort of 15 years ago that I began to go on this journey where I was searching for answers and I 
gradually found myself drifting towards this conclusion that yes, I do believe there is a God. And um, my life has been turned upside down since then, in a totally good way. Um, don't get me wrong, I, I still got a relatively normal life, I still have ups and downs, but for me, discovering a faith has changed absolutely everything. It's hard to, to put into words, but actually as I was writing this, it occurred to me that God, in a way, is a bit like gravity. We, humanity, we can't fully understand him, yet the fact is that he's there, and we find ourselves drawn towards him. And for me, a bit like gravity, the more I observed God at work in my life and, and watched him do stuff, the more I learned to trust that he was there, and also the more I came to understand the way that he works. And probably the biggest, or definitely the biggest single thing in helping me understand about God was finding out about the person of Jesus. Um, the Bible explains that the more you learn about Jesus, the more you learn about God. In fact, it describes Jesus as the image of the invisible God. He shows us and he tells us what God is like, and he makes it possible for us to not just know about God, but to actually know God, to have a relationship with him. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit there. We look at some of that stuff on the Alpha course that's coming up, but for me, that has been the biggest change in perspective of them all. It's changed the way that I see the past and the present and the future, and it's something that I, I love sharing with others. I think potentially some of you um, who accepted the invitation to come along today, you're here because you, you, know, you are looking for answers. And you know, maybe some of the stuff that I just said about science and all that stuff, you're not actually that bothered about, but what you are bothered about is this yearning feeling that you've got inside of yourself that, that there is something more to life, that there's a perspective that you've yet to discover, a meaning that's just for you, and, and you want that. You want to figure out what that is, something beyond you know, like just the busyness of today today. And if that's you, um, I want to encourage you, don't let the busyness of life put you off your quest to find your own answers. And, and, and one thing that I would um, ask you is, would you be willing to consider another invitation um, to come along to this thing called Alpha that starts here this week? You saw a, a video about it just a moment ago. Um, but if you've not heard of Alpha before, in a nutshell really, it's a course that that runs um, in, in churches, all kinds of places, churches and schools and um, in colleges and workplaces all around the world. Something like tens of millions of people have done it. And different places do it in different ways. But essentially, the basic ingredients are that it provides um, a, a, some food and a, a relaxed setting where people can explore questions of the meaning of life and faith and find out about the Christian faith over a series of weeks. And there's, there's no charge, there's no pressure, there's no follow-up. And I could sort of tell you all about it, um, but I thought what, what might be more helpful would be for you to hear from somebody who had recently done the Alpha course here. So um, very bravely, uh, Leanne, as, as she just completed the Alpha course and she's just coming today to share with you some of her experiences. So let's welcome her. Right. Here goes the apple. Um, so, so Leanne, um, you did the Alpha course here um, 
the one that just happened, didn't you? Yeah, uh, in October. So how did you end up coming along to that? Well, last year for me was um, sort of like the most difficult year of my life and um, I was just going through some really bad things and I'd gone to the doctors, done counselling, you know, everything you sort of think that you should do. And for me, I just felt like something was still missing. Um, so I thought I really needed a big change and I just need positivity in my life. And I thought, you know, who do I know that's just always been positive and just really welcoming and just nice and kind? So I knew Helen, who was part of the church, um, and I just gave her a call and said, you know, can I come to church? <laughs> like, really randomly. And um, that following Thursday, the Alpha course was just starting, so it was almost like everything was meant to be. Right. So before that, had you got any experience of church? What, you know, what was your yeah, previous experience? I didn't have any clue whatsoever. Um, I didn't know why we celebrated Christmas, what Easter was about. Um, like, my family's never really spoke about it, so I just was, didn't have any clue at all, really. Wow, so that was quite a big thing to come in. It, how, how did, so when you walked in, um, how did uh, that compare to what your expectations were? Um, to be quite honest, I just thought it was, like, hymns, and I thought that you needed to, like, know everything about church. Like, you needed to know who Jesus was and what God was about, and to be able to come to church, I thought you needed to know, but... I just felt so welcome and so friendly, and it was like I'd, I'd sort of been here all, all along. Like, it was just so nice. So you started coming along to Alpha. What were the, um, what were the people like? Um, you know, obviously there was other people on the course with you and table hosts who were on your sort of table hosting the discussion. What were, the, what were they like? Yeah, I made like really nice friends, and it just it felt like I'd known them for years. Um, it was just so organized and just so informative, and. Yeah, I just felt so at home, like, it was just like I'd been there all along. Yeah, and so, you said at the start that you, you know, you came into this searching for, you felt like something was missing. Was there a point when you, where you felt like you found that, or? Um, for me, it was in the first couple of weeks, like, I knew straight away. Right, okay. It was okay. just like, this is what I've been missing, like, this is it for me. Um, so, yeah, within, like, the third week, I sort of accepted Jesus into my life and did the whole prayer, and... Yeah, it's just, my life has just changed. Like, not circumstances as such, but just for me, something's changed in me and just everything's a lot more positive. Wow. And so, since that, kind of, um, how's, how's the journey through Alpha continued for you? Because I think you're still, you know, coming around, you come along to church and you're yeah. getting involved. Yeah, I do. I'd love to come to church every Sunday and we do a small group from, like, our Alpha table. And they've not just become, like, my friends. They're like a family now as well. Wow. So it's just really nice, yeah, that I've, I've just got connected and just the relationship with God and Jesus. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, there's probably people here who, who are in a similar situation to where you were and thinking, oh, should, is this something that I should maybe try? What would you say to somebody who was... Absolutely. Like, I didn't know anything at all. I didn't know what to expect. Um, yeah, just absolutely give it a go. Brilliant. Leanne... Thank you so, thank you so much for sharing. It's amazing. Thank you. Great. So, I hope that you know this morning that's given you a little bit of, of food for thought. Um, and if you are a bit curious about you know the meaning of life, if you are looking for answers, or a bit like gravity, perhaps you feel yourself drawn towards God, but you don't really understand what that could mean. I just want to encourage you to, to, to persevere 
and whether it's the Alpha course here or somewhere else or something else, um, you know, pursue your journey. Um, and uh, certainly as far as we're concerned with the Alpha course here, you're really welcome to come along, try it out for a week. Um, this week we're having, um, I think it's Spanish chicken with chorizo and a range of desserts, just putting that out there as well. Um, but there's no pressure to come back if you don't like it. All I would say is that if you, if you try it and, um, and, 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 and like the worst case scenario really is that you get to meet some nice people and have a chat and have a meal, um, but you could, best case scenario, come away with a whole new perspective on the universe and the meaning of life. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming um, and thank you also for listening. <laughs>